All right there, Costa. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How's Advent going? Well, I, I would before we even start with Advent, I just want to say I'm very grateful that we're finally recording at four o'clock in the afternoon rather yeah. than one thirty in the morning. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's a whole lot. I, I feel like I got a little bit more juice. Did you listen to the last podcast? I didn't, but but my friend had told me that you sounded really groggy. <laughs> <laughs> I really was. <laughs> and that whole part, if you if you haven't listened to it, well, don't waste your time. But if you did listen to it, there's a part where I'm thrown off by someone playing the piano in the hall, and I'm I'm, I'm really trying to. You figure were really out, is distracted it, by is that. Is it Gershwin? Is it Copeland? And it it just didn't matter. It Whatever didn't. the answer was, didn't matter. And you couldn't hear it. Then when I actually listened to the podcast, yeah, because my son Ricky does all the editing on this. This this kid's like a saint. <laughs> yeah, because he's got to listen to this. He has to listen to us over and over and take out arms and stuff. No, he he does a great job with it. Um, but I said to him, "Can you hear the piano?" He goes, "No." <laughs> so here you are talking about a piano yeah. that didn't exist in anybody else's life. Pretty much. The, so the worst part about recording at one thirty in the morning was when we were both exhausted after a very long weekend. Mm-hmm. We had to lug all that stuff stuff upstairs. That's true. Which was just so annoying. Yeah. I really wanted to leave it there. <laughs> but we are back in New York and, and glad to be. And um, I think we're both cherishing the fact that for the next month, we're actually in the school. We're yeah. not going anywhere. I know. That's nice, right? Yeah. We don't, I mean, we're going to be doing stuff in the building, yeah. but like not like the last two months where we were out at least one day out of the week yep. and then sometimes possibly two days out of the week. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's good to kind of be rooted in the building. My stress levels are a lot lower. <laughs> Which is good for all the people that work with me. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Speaking of stress levels, let's talk about being a fan of the New York Mets. Hey, well, listen, I reap benefits out of this being being a fan of the Mets and the Tigers. Yeah, that's... Jose Baez, I'll take him six years, 140. Yeah. I hope he works out for you. I really do, I really do too, because otherwise it's going to set the organization back even further than what it is. I, I'm not sad to <laughs> and see it's pretty him bad go, because right remember he was like booing the fans? We actually talked about this on a podcast. Yeah, I know. I know. I, it, it To me, that made no sense. It made, showed that he, he didn't have the... He didn't have the... Uh, no, no thick skin. The, no thick skin for no, New York. No. He couldn't handle it. No, Detroit, you know? hopefully he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll take him. Is is the Matt Scherzer thing confusing to you? Because it's confusing. Everybody's celebrating. Yeah, like but did it really go through yet? Oh, it's done. It is done. It's done. He's thirty-seven. Yeah, I'll, I'll take him still. No, I, it's a good deal, and and maybe they'll get a year. Yeah, what out was of the him. final deal on that? What were the numbers on that? I think I think it's four and four years at one forty. I think that's what that. You is. know what's going to happen, right? Oh, rotator cuff. Right there in spring. Tommy training. John. Tommy. We'll John never surgery. see him take the mound once. No. Nope, no. not in a real game. No. Because that's what happened when you come to the Mets. You forget how to play baseball. And when you go to some other team, you remember how to play baseball. Right. Meanwhile, for the last 10, 15 years, the guy has thrown about 200 plus, 250, 300 innings for like the last 15 years. Yeah. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt throwing a football somewhere in Florida. (laughs) There's going to be a lockout anyway, so I'm not sure there's going to be a season. Listen, but I like he's tough. Scherzer, Matt Scherzer is. Tough. I don't know that much about him. Max, I mean, I mean, he was a good pitcher, but he's. I but he was on my boy. He was he was a Tiger first. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Then he went to. Oh, Washington. Wait, was he was he? Yeah, I think he was a Tiger first, and then went down to uh, Arizona. Okay. He's yeah. been all over. Yeah, him because it was uh, Verlander and him. It was a one-two, but he was not as good 
he was better once he left the Tigers. The um, the the thing I usually look forward to in the fall, which is hockey. Yeah, nobody cares about hockey. Well, they can't right now because they, the Islanders are shelved. They have so many players with COVID. So they, they've actually interrupted their season. They were supposed to play tonight, and they're not going to play. And really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, that's how much I cared. I didn't even know. <laughs> you haven't like noticed me being like sad, moping around school? <laughs> I thought really. I saw you yell at a kid down the hallway for no reason. It's because the Islanders have COVID. That's why. <laughs> I can't bear this by myself. <laughs> I know an advent's supposed to be a time of hope, but when hockey's not going, it's it's hard to hope. It's are you gonna to make faithful. the Are you gonna uh, make the ice rink in the backyard? Yeah, you want to tell everybody about that? Yeah, so it started. It's a pretty few, awesome. I, it started a few years ago, maybe ten years ago, um, and it's like the simplest thing. It's like it's like two by eights, um, two by eight boards that you put together, and I bought um, a tarp from Home Depot. And it's that simple. You put them together, you put the tarp on, you fill it with water, and you hope it gets cold enough. And one year, it was like frozen for a month. Really? And that's actually where I learned to ice skate. Get I never here. knew how to ice skate. Because your backyard is not that large. No, it's not that big. But you, do you take up the whole backyard? I take up most of it. Nice. But I've... it becomes like a hobby for me, especially when it's frozen. Yeah. Because I find it's so quiet and peaceful back there. It's not a big yard. Like you just said, it's not a big yard. But it's so quiet and peaceful. So after the kids, if in a season where it's been frozen a lot and they're skating on it, what I do is, I don't want to say this because it's going to be so dorky, but <laughs> I am I am who I am. Um, I go out and I, I shave all the shavings off it with that with a uh, with a big shovel. I was going to say, do you pay one of your kids to be what is it a, a, a zamboni? No, no, I do it myself. <laughs> and then what I do, it's right near the basement, so I I hook a hose up to the hot water heater and I spray it with hot water. And it resurfaces it. Nice. Yeah, and I come out the next day and check on it. <laughs> I should become a little obsessive with it. You you might not be able to grow anything in the backyard, but you no. can definitely lay some ice down. Yeah. And then last year we didn't do it because the few years before that I might have gotten like one day out of it. Yeah. This damn global warming. It's it's <laughs> having a negative effect on me. Because I can't Question. I can't grow ice. Why don't we just have a full blown confession right now? What's that? Have you ever had a point where you're, you're playing hockey with your kids in the backyard mm-hmm. uh, on this homemade ice rink, and you had a bad day at work. Maybe maybe I bothered you or <laughs> something fierce. Uh-huh. Did you ever like check one of your kids like right off the ice? No, and but it's not because I'm nice. I just I can't skate that well. Because so, if I know if I tried that, I would. So be, you tried. Well, <laughs> see, I see out of all your kids, I see Erin just like laying you out. Oh, she could do it. Your ninth grade daughter. Yeah. No, no, she she could definitely do it. Yeah, no, she's but got I, she's got some guts, that girl. <laughs> <laughs> and she would do it like look surprised. Oh, did I do that? <laughs> Daddy, you okay? What happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I do plan on doing the ice rink. Hopefully, it will be. Hopefully, it'll be. No, cool that was enough. pretty. I saw the all, the pictures. They were awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll keep our fingers crossed. I mean, for the small pocket of the world who's into hockey, you know that one's for you guys. Yeah, you, you, you're referring you. to the country of Canada. It's not the small pocket of the world. <laughs> Canada's given us so much. Although I'm not thrilled with them right now. We've not had one listener in Canada yet. Really? We've had five in Russia and not one in Canada. Yeah, I don't know who, what so is going they're, on there. They're disappointing. But that's pretty awesome. They're, they're disappointing me a little bit. 
the, the whole Canadian country. <laughs> if you know, if you're listening right now, if you have a friend in Canada, if you could call them, email them, and ask us to listen just once, because we have this like map on the software you use to track the podcast, and the whole country will light up. You, guys, you have no idea. He's like dead serious about this. Yeah, I am. <laughs> he really is. It, it's coming I like when the states and, and the countries light up. But he's dead serious. <laughs> you have no idea. You could make his Christmas. <laughs> so if you know anyone in Canada, please pay them, or we'll pay them. <laughs> I just want to see it light up. Um, so, do speaking you, of lighting up, yeah, did you uh, do you put out any Christmas lights? Do you do you do it up? We, we, I, I can't say we do it up because we're in the area where we live on Long Island. People really do it up. Yeah, like they they pay people to do it. What? Yeah, there's Seriously? a house by me, um, and if I if I get a chance, I'll put the video on on the uh, Facebook page, where they, the guy, the family that has it, they have to be in showbiz. But they they have, um, you drive by their house, and they say, please tune your radio to this frequency. Oh. And then they have um, um, EDM, like electronic dance music. Oh, yeah. With the house is like pulsating. <laughs> and you can't take it too long. <laughs> but it's like really amazing what what they do. So yeah, when you, you say do it up, I just want to say, uh, to, to, you know, I we decorate, but not like our neighbors. Oh, oh, it's, see, see, like my brother and I, we tried, we tried to make uh, the local news here. We, Where we, in your house? At our at my parents', at your parents house. house. Yeah, really. Yeah. He well, was, I could see that now, but finish, and I'll say why. He got me. He, I mean, I I always did stuff growing up, and then. I got older, and then my brother, who's 14 years younger than me, was like really into it. So then, and now he's an electrician. Uh, I like to, I like to believe that I made him who he is, you know. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, so then at one point he was throwing stuff up on the roof, and it was getting larger and larger scale. Um, and then we tried to do something last year and, and try to get tra- Channel 12 involved, but uh, at the house it didn't work. No, no, no. At the parish, and it that did, was amazing. What you didn't did really parish. work out. Yeah, you know, we were we were what, hoping cha- for Channel Twelve didn't come. No the local news. It's really hoping they would have. So that last December around this time, Father Dave was talking about this thing he's doing at the parish, where it's going to be like this Christmas Wonderland for gifts. Was that the first Christmas you were at the parish or the second? Second. The, so the, the first was like wiped out by COVID or something. But. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I I went to it. It was really fantastic. How many pieces like plastic figures did you have? Did you count them? I mean, it had to be well over a hundred, right? Oh yeah, well over a hundred. Um, and then like my brother has all those those blow up those inflatables. Uh, there were tons of them, but it was so well laid out with such attention to detail. Yeah. Oh it yeah, my really brother's good. very yeah. We're and we're very we we nitpick on the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's always fun time. That's him and I. Like we 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 really enjoy doing yeah. that stuff. Uh, so this year we couldn't do it. Uh, but Saturday night we got our, our Christmas trees. We we kind of went. We kind of all uh connected uh-huh. all my siblings and we're like let's let's go to our uh a particular place a local guy that we go to get our christmas tree and uh so i put it up over the weekend i bought a nice little tiny tree it's about three foot tall put it up in my room i got for a three foot tree i must have like <laughs> 300 lights on it <laughs> you can't see the tree and then i decorated the windows i gotta i gotta be honest with you it, it was so comfortable and cozy uh in my living room that uh, I I haven't slept in my bed. I've slept I've slept in my living room because so you can look at the lights. I can look at the lights. You really are a child to the to the point where <laughs> I know I'm pathetic, right? <laughs> to the point where it's like I woke up 
this morning and yesterday, and I was like, I don't really want to go to school. I really want to sleep in. Just look at the lights. <laughs> I just want to stay here in front of the lights. <laughs> we have an, an activity, an outdoor activity set at our house that my dad had bought, like probably back in the '60s, and he built like a stable for it, the traditional St. Oh, Francis yeah. of Assisi looking stable, mm-hmm. and then. The, the figures are still in really good shape because they've been stored inside. This is where it might be on the third or fourth rendition of the stable because it's stored outside and every yeah. summer and, you know, years and years and years. So um, right now that's assembled in front of my house, but I, there's no roof on it. There's no figures in it. It looks like a bad fort I've built. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping this weekend to be able to, to finish that. Way to really care about the real meaning of Christmas, Christmas buddy. Yeah. <laughs> stick figure thing <laughs> you you really are scrooge aren't you i yeah <laughs> well, a lot or of the it, grinch i don't know which one are you mr um, potter <laughs> no probably 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 scrooge but it, it all because it's all because of the lack of the real meaning of christmas which which is almost really what we're going to be talking about today <laughs> Like if you get me talking about this type of Christmas, I get very excited about it. The, okay. The, the the other parts. The the the, the, the decorating part you're done you're done with. Okay. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I do I do find it nice to put the stable out because there's a, a witness of Christianity, you know, an actual witness of why we're doing this thing. True, a stable without a roof. Well, it will there will be a roof. Oh, there will be a roof. Oh, there will be. I just. But you're going to give covering there. for Jesus. That's good. <laughs> You know, I used to, when my kids were little, we would come home from, because we don't put the baby out until Christmas. Yeah. So um, when my kids were little, we would come home from Mass. It was usually from here. Um, and uh, if they were in, like, the car carrier, I'd put them there first. I'd take a picture, <laughs> think I was being funny, but I think I have, like, all four of them. <laughs> These poor kids, they, they need, they're going to need counseling just because of me. <laughs> Well, today is Tuesday, November 30th, and today happens to be one of my favorite liturgical days uh, on the church's calendar. Uh, Feast of St. Andrew. The Feast of St. Andrew. And I bring that up for a specific reason, Uh, and we will pray the prayer uh, at the end um, of the session uh, of our time here recording. Uh, But today is um, the, the Feast of the of the apostle of of Peter, the I mean uh, the apostle of uh, uh, the the brother. I'm sorry, the brother of Saint Peter, Andrew. Uh, uh, Saint Andrew, and uh, and the beautiful witness to having that moment and encounter with our Lord, and then feeling so overwhelmed with joy mm-hmm. that he went right to his brother, yeah, and told him to come. It's only recently I've really understood that. He yeah. was really the first one that saw him and understood. Yeah. Him and John. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, that beautiful moment in John's gospel where where he says, uh, where are you staying? Mm-hmm. And he says, come and see. And then John says it was four o'clock in the morning, uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. The afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that was the moment that Andrew and John's life changed forever. Yeah. yeah. And Peter's. You know when he when he convinced Peter that this was the guy as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for the those one of you, they were waiting for. Right. Yeah, the one thing that they were waiting for. Um, so what has been attributed to Saint Andrew uh, for uh, for a very long time is his novena, and uh, I actually started praying it uh, while uh, once I became a priest, and I offer it up every year 
for uh, the spiritual intentions of people um, who, who who need it, who are looking for it. Um, I add with it my own particular intention, but uh, something different this year that I would like to do is is offer it up to anybody who's listening. If anybody has a spiritual uh, request, uh, any request, a prayer request that they want me to pray for uh, during um, this time, uh, the, the novena for, a novena traditionally goes nine days, but St. Andrew's novena uh, starts today on his feast day, November 30th, and ends at, at midnight mass. And so for essentially the month of December, uh, from now until the the uh, till Christmas, um, whatever intention you have, I, I will be praying the novena. And if you uh, are looking for a little extra spiritual juice, uh, let me know. Uh, let us know. And uh, if you email Mr. Costa <clears throat> or uh, or the uh, the website. Uh, if right? you go to the Facebook page, the Locust and Wild Honey Facebook page, just put your intention there. Or if you said, like you said, just email me. Yeah. At C-O-S-T-A at S-G, what's our address? C-O-S-T-A at S-J-B-D-H-S dot org. Yeah. And uh, th- it's it, that is always one thing, uh, that novena, you pray this one prayer 15 times a day, and uh, it gets me locked into visualizing uh, the manger uh, that, that particular night, and uh, also to... It just helps uh, me get into the zone spiritually for uh, for for the season of, uh, for the season of Advent and for Christmas itself. Like a meditation. Exactly. Yeah, it yeah. sounds beautiful. It ends up becoming like I know for some people who would use this term mantra uh, yeah. of prayer meditation. You know, well, the last podcast we did even challenge each other. I think uh, there was a challenge put out to everyone who was listening to um, to really make um, an attempt to understand Advent perhaps in a different way than in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had even um, said whenever you can go to daily Mass, yeah, you know, to go to that. But we had even taken that upon ourselves. And the Thanksgiving, the four days off for Thanksgiving were nice because we had been through just a ridiculous schedule, so it was really nice to be home. Um, but I was joking with you a few minutes ago, I got so much reading done um, really kind of prepping myself on Advent, and now there's just too much in my head. <laughs> well, who knows what's going to come out of it now? Well, I'm, what, I'm me, scared, What's going to come out of it now? Yeah. But we well, really did a lot, a, a lot of, uh, it's really helped me personally. I don't know if, if anything I'm going to say is going to help anybody else listening. Um, but really the 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 way of, of looking at of Advent, not only, and we're going to expand upon these different parts in the coming weeks, but the historical event that happened, you know, we're going to talk a little bit mm-hmm. more about that today, how we understand Jesus in our lives today, and then looking at the future, you know, looking when Jesus comes again. So it's really kind of broadened me out a little bit to um, to think about it in a way that is life-giving and, and growing. Yeah, so the question that we posed last week is, how are we preparing uh, and taking serious this season of Advent? And so we're, we're going to dive into some heavy stuff today. Uh, but I would like to start off by reading uh, this upcoming Sunday's Gospel, okay? It's going to be coming from St. Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, 
and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Eturia and Teconiatus and, Lys <clears throat> and Licentius was tetrarch of Albion during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And it is, in, written, it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the desert. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding road shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. One of the things that really struck me as, as you were reading that and, and thinking about it earlier, too. Is that the it, names are very difficult? Yes, I thought the same thing. I'm so glad you read them, because I would have done the same as you. They're going to be different on Sunday, when I just confidently just You'll, say something different. We just mumble them. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's paying Honestly, you can make here. up names. <laughs> you know, if you do that, though, you're going to have like a Roman, a guy that teaches, a man or a woman who teaches Roman history in the congregation. Oh, yeah. Or one of my professors from the seminary will yeah. just happen to attend. Yeah. Oh, that, it always happens that way. But I think um, Luke's, it, not, nothing's by accident in the Gospels. Luke is setting this in a time and place. So we are physically in a time and place. You and I are sitting in a room together. It's November 30th in 2021. And Luke's doing the same thing. He's saying when this happened. Um, and he finds it important enough to put it in a time and place, that the Incarnation, God coming to us in the form of a human being, happened at this time. So I think he spends a lot of time doing that for the reason of saying this is not made up, right? Right. This is not someone's uh, imagination. And, um, and giving us a sense, if this happened in time then, it's still happening now. Yep. You know, it's still happening, you know, for us. And then to use Isaiah there, thinking about whatever pictures you may have seen, and if you haven't seen pictures of, of Jerusalem or Israel today, the area where, where Jesus grew up in, in Galilee and Bethlehem and Nazareth, it's very, very hilly and a lot of valleys, and because of that, the roads aren't straight. So if you've ever driven roads that go around mountains, they you know crisscross, and uh, there's a word for it, I can't think of what it is, uh, switchbacks, um, that Isaiah, when he's writing this, in preparing the way for the person that we understand to be Jesus, there is an attempt in the Gospel writer to, in, in hearkening back to Isaiah's words, to say, you want these mountains to be flat, you want the valleys to be filled, and you want the roads to be straight. For what purpose? Well, because then we could see clearly God, right? If everything is taken care of, we've taken care of our lives and made way for God, we'll be going to be able to understand God a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's nothing by accident there. And the, the image that, that Bishop Barron 
uses to describe this. And he himself, and I forgot where I read this, said it's it's kind of a hokey type of, of image, but, but he, it makes the point, at least I thought it did, that we want to clear the area around us so God can land. You can picture God in a helicopter, right? He can land, um, that our hearts are ready for him. Yeah. It was a beautiful, maybe helicopters aren't a beautiful image, but it was an evocative image that, that really hit home with me. So therefore, what can I do in this Advent to prepare that place, to straighten those roads, um, whatever might be leading me away from God, or not directly to God? That might be a better way to say it, right? Not directly to God. What can I do to lower these mountains? What can I get rid of in my life? That is keeping me from uh, understanding God, and in the valleys, what can what's what's missing in my life, and what can I fill it with? That's going to help me understand God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so we wanted to really just take this this time in in this particular episode here in the second week of 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 Advent here to really focus on what some of those mountains are that yeah. we really have to that we really have to lay low. Like what are what are certain things that we really have to allow to be crushed, you know, and broken and, and kind of, you know, leveled out. And, and I, you know, there is a historical context to, to what, you know, Isaiah's imagery, uh, but for, especially for the time and the people that he was speaking to, but it also takes on a deep spiritual significance. Mm -hmm. And and so, uh, you know, we were joking around before, you know, regarding, you know, Christmas lights and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's a big, I, lo- I love decorating and I'm going to decorate my office this week too. And with some of the kids help, but, you know, at the end of the day, if, if all you and I are doing during Advent is putting out the same decorations that have been, you know, that might have very significant uh, emotional attachments that, you know, maybe have been passed on from one generation to the next from a loved one who maybe have, has passed or, uh, you know, that, that signify, uh, you know, memorable moments in our lives. All that stuff is good. But if there is nothing deeper than any of this stuff, than the stuff that we usually do in kind of materially, you know, uh, taking care of uh, making sure that our Christmas is the same as it always has been for us, yeah. then we're really missing the mark and the point mm-hmm. of what is going on uh, in in the life of the church, in, in, in our own lives, and what our Lord is really asking of us. Uh, because the real joy that 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 is really that really emanates this season is has nothing really to do with the different decorations or the, the, the ornaments that get put on a tree or whose house is the best. All that stuff is fun and it's nice. But the real joy comes from living a right life yeah, and, and that relationship with our Lord. And so let's just take a moment here. And Costa and I are really going to just kind of spit back and forth here about what are certain things that need to be crushed and leveled out and where we stop avoiding things. Because I think, um, one of the things that we can, we can do is that we can use this time of preparing for Christmas, the decorating, the baking, the gift giving and the, and the preparing and the wrapping of gifts, all this stuff can be, an avoidance 
for what really needs to be done? I think one of the things that we will always say to one another, almost it's become cliche, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Right. You know, I'm doing fine. Oh, I like, tell my sisters all the time, when they say fine, I stop and go, oh, we, bo- we all know mm-hmm. that when you say fine, fine is not really fine. Yeah. And, and that's not really a, and I do it all the time. And partly because you don't want to get into a whole big, long conversation when someone's just saying hello. But I, but I do think that that reaction masks the, the, the deeper issues that are going on in our, in our lives that we, to use the metaphor of the lights now, that we tend to, to wrap the lights around. Right. And, and that's one of the, the, the hard parts about Christmas is that we can put lights out and that almost is a sign to us, oh, we're happy. Or right. content, and right. what you were just saying a few minutes ago, is that that contentment and the joy is found in no one other than Christ. But yeah. boy, we can mask it. Yes, you know, we yeah. were talking a few minutes about um, we can mask. Sometimes you can mask it in bad things, things that are just not inherently good for us. Um, but and we'll we'll talk about some of those. But even in good things like work. You know, right. I could mask it in work. Oh, you know, I have to be here at the school. Um, we have we have adoration tonight, and we have something going on a Thursday night. And I could come up with a whole bunch of reasons why I don't want to be home. And I'm <laughs> I'm thankful I I don't want to do that. Right. But it, but it would be easy if I was not content in my house. It would be so easy to do that. And even yeah. and we work for the church. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I think uh, Costa starts us off here with 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 that as a as a great example of 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 recognize let's let's just take the moment to let's just call it out mm-hmm. let's just call it out for what it is um you know workaholism mm-hmm. is a real thing and it can be a a real avoidance uh, a real source of avoidance in our lives um what if there is any form of substance abuse yeah. whether that be alcohol or some form of a drug uh, that we're using to really kind of medicate, and even if even if there isn't um, a, you know a a great problem where it's you know you might even say to yourself, I, I know there's a little bit of an issue here, but I can manage. I could this. handle it. You know that's not acknowledging mm-hmm. that that you're that we're covering up something. Um, the use of uh, of pornography uh, or or you know, uh, diving into any of the, the lustful appetites, mm-hmm. um, the, there can be, uh, <clears throat> uh, just, a. I I think we can get lost in, and as much as I spend time on it, it's always a challenge for me, uh, is binge watching sure. shows yep. on Netflix. N- inherently not bad in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, especially when they're good shows and they're entertaining. This stuff is good, but when we're pushing off our responsibilities to the next day, when we're avoiding to make a phone call or send a text message, uh, this stuff can get in our way. The the pivot point, I, I think, and tell me if you're thinking differently, in all those examples, except for porn. Porn is, is never good. But in, in, in the other examples are when have they taken my freedom? Because in, there are so many things in our life that they are not inherently bad. But if they've taken our freedom, a betting's another one. The, the proliferation of sports betting in the last year has like knocked me for a loop. Yeah. And for the life of me, I can't understand why I would take money that I've earned and put it on something I have no control over, whether 
Tom Brady passes for 500 yards or something. Like I, I don't even understand that. But it, but it is, it is a, a it, it, it can be an illness. It doesn't always have to be, you know. Sure. But it, but it can be an illness. Um, and when I think any of these things are taking our freedom, that is the opposite of you know laying down those mountains. It's just building yeah. those mountains up, and it's not preparing, um, preparing a place. Some of these things that we're talking about, we need help to get out of. It's it's the help of others and and certainly the help of God, but yeah. it's uh, but it, it's acknowledging it first, which I think is what you were saying in the beginning. Yeah, um, one of the other things too that I, I think it's you know uh, worthy to mention in this particular season is the overspending. You yeah, know, uh, spending too can be. Uh, it's that you know, that's an, it can that be anesthetizes us. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know we, we we'll medicate. We've yep. had a bad day. Exactly. And, you know we'll we'll buy this or that. We yeah. feel better in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know maybe maybe it's uh, maybe it's food, mm-hmm. um, and all of these things, in all of these examples that we have, you know, kind of just brought to light. It, none of them are inherently of themselves bad. Uh, well, outside of you know, uh, it, you know. Pornography, you know, um, but but even that, and and I think we're certainly both agreeing on that. But that's taking something, sex, which is not bad, which is and not making bad. it bad. E- exactly. Right. Uh, but but these uh, but these things, in in all of these examples that we have shared with you, it's there is always something inherently deeper that is going on in our lives that is causing us to manifest our our hurt and our pain mm-hmm. um, or our anger or our frustration or disappointments or our discouragements uh, or our hopelessness in any way in any of these different forms. And so there has to, in order for us to be able to listen to the word of our Lord and <clears throat> make, straight his, make straight the path and clear these mountains and lay them low, is the first the acknowledgement uh, of it that there is something that this is where I this is where I tend to self medicate this is where I tend to seek uh, you know the soothing help of whatever it is mm-hmm. put it in the blank yeah uh, and so we have to acknowledge that because stop pretending it's okay yeah stop pretending it's it's okay and let's just deal with the hurt. Mm-hmm. And that has to happen. You know, that is what our Lord is calling of us yep. this upcoming week. And and that's where he wants to enter into our lives. In, that's the very place. That's the that's the entire reason for everything mm-hmm. that he did. Yep. He wants to come into that place in the hurt, but we have to acknowledge it first. And that's where you, again, to use this clunky metaphor, but I love it, is that that's where he's going to land the helicopter. That, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but we have to get there first to, to let him in. Right. Isn't it amazing if you think about it? I know it's like just a free will conversation, but, you know, he's there if we want him to be. Yeah. As opposed to imposing himself on us. Yeah, the, the, the rescue mission's there. Yeah. He just wants the clearance to land. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, and, we have, and we have the power of that. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason why we keep those mountains up is because there's fear. Mm-hmm is because maybe this is something that we've done our whole lives. And I can control it. Right. I, I can't, but I think I can control it. Right. Well, that's the that's the misleading, that's yeah. the lie that the yeah. evil one gives us, is that 
there's this false sense of control. Yeah. But there really is no control at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we need to acknowledge it and crush it. And the way we crush it, uh, in our in in exactly what is said in the scriptures, is we seek repentance. Mm-hmm. And we we go to confession right away because Costa talked about like we got to fill in the valleys. Yeah. So once we level that mountain, the, the, we acknowledge it. We then bring it to the sacrament of confession. Yeah. Right. And we ask our Lord for for the sa- His sacramental grace, His sacramental love, to to go to that place. That is exactly where the helicopter lands yep. and brings the first aid kit. And and we know that there, through that sacrament, we're not alone. Right, you know, that right. the, the priest listening has heard this a thousand times before, and he's also probably done these things a thousand times before too. Um, and I but, would say too, if you are, if if confession is a thing that you're nervous about, then pray about it. Pray about who you'll go to confession to. Pray, you know that that you have the courage to do it. And the the Holy Spirit will lead you to yeah. exactly the priest you need. That that's so true. And when we said a few minutes ago that we we fool ourselves into thinking that we have control over it, well, the alternative and essentially what we're we're saying is we'll give that control over to God. But that's certainly scary too. Oh, you know, completely. What is God going to ask me to do? Can I oh. do it? Yeah. And and you know they always say that God will always give you the strength and um, it, that that's certainly true, but it's a it's a scary proposition. If I really am going to dive into this God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fulfill what you want. Yeah, exactly. But He's not asking us to be perfect either. Ex- right, exactly. He's yeah. just asking us to trust. To trust. Yeah. <clears throat> he's just asking for us to trust. Yeah. And so after we do that. You know, some of the stuff that we had kind of spoke about last week kind of helps fill in those valleys Mm -hmm. to really straighten out a nice path, a nice place. Uh, Confession being that first one, uh, I definitely suggest, if it's possible, and I'll reiterate this from last week, uh, obviously going to Mass on Sunday, Mm non-negotiable, but maybe if it can fit into your your work schedule uh, to go to another daily mass during the week um, or reading journeying with the with the gospels during the week that lead up to sunday or choosing to read the upcoming sunday's gospel and or first yeah. and second reading throughout the entire week really enhance uh because we are called to chew on that word of the word of the Lord, and that is one of the ways primarily that that help fill out and straighten out that road. There, there's so much out there, and I think I resisted it for years, um, always saying, "Well, I I just need to get myself ready for work." And now, if I don't do it in the morning, generally about a half an hour, you know, before everybody's up, that um, I'm all out of sorts. You know, I get here, I'm out of sorts. And uh, you're probably wondering, well, how would I know? Because you always seem out of sorts. But <laughs> He really does, actually. <laughs> um, but it's, it, it, it's such a, a centering thing and a great reminder, um, depending on what it is you read, whether it's the gospel readings, whether it's reflections written by people, whether it's the lives yeah. of the saints, things we've mentioned before. Um, but, but to really help me, in this instance, recognize the, the purpose of, 
of why we're doing what we're doing and why we're here, like on the planet, I mean, you know, yeah. as humans. Exactly. Um, some some of the, the things w- that you could look at if you're looking for specifically, and, and you, I'm sure the people listening have others that they, they rely on, and if you could let us know what those are, we can share them. Uh, but the Magnificat is something that you and I wind up independently, you know, reading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Every morning, where you're looking at the you're looking at the readings and, and a reflection. Um, Bishop Barron has it, during Advent. There's a number of places where you can get an email at like you know, five in the morning. Dynamic Catholic. Dynamic Catholic. Uh, yeah. Matthew Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, five in the morning. They yeah. he always sends his email out. Yeah. Beautiful two minute, three minute yeah. video reflection mm-hmm. uh, of the readings of the day. And these are the things that really fill up that valley. You know, yeah. and then you get to the point where you you really need it, you you want it, and if you you feel funny if it's it's not there because you start to lose your purpose when we redefine sure. what our purpose is. The the question you had asked last week regarding Advent of like what are we waiting for, and and that lends the the question of you know half the time do we even know we need a savior? That's it because we That's think exactly we have it, it under control when we say going back to that phrase oh uh, I'm fine, right. you know well if I'm fine then I don't need a savior right. You know, but, right. but none of us are fine. Right, and and I think we really have to ask ourselves the question during the Advent season, do I really need a Savior? Yeah. If the answer is yes, mm-hmm. then okay. So then i got to really listen to what this guy that I believe is, that I call Savior, mm-hmm. i gotta, I got to listen to what he's offering yep. and what he's telling me to do. And what do I need to be saved from? And that goes back to a lot of the examples that we were just throwing out. And right. plus we could do this podcast for four hours and think of a oh, lot more yeah. too I mean, the, because we're we're humans sins. and we're frail and yeah, yeah there's there's a there's any and every way that we concupiscence is all around us bad exactly. things looking good yeah exactly yeah. exactly distorting the good mm-hmm. right yeah well, that's, a, that's a huge one you know um and so uh you know there there are other opportunities too uh you know i know i know that there are uh, there is a revival happening uh, within the church for Eucharistic adoration. Um, if if any of you have no idea what Eucharistic adoration is, it is this beautiful time in which uh, the 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 Eucharist, uh, the body of Christ, is is placed on the altar in this beautiful golden vessel, and you can really have essentially spiritual face time with Jesus in complete silence. And uh, for those of you who have been there uh, at adoration, you know the fruit of the the peace that comes from being in adoration, uh, where there's there's nothing required of you except for you just being there. The thing that surprised me over the years as we've been doing it more and more in the school is how much the students like it, which I never would have thought to be the case. Love it. They love it. I remember we were took. This was before you were were here, but in 2015, Pope Francis came to New York City, and we brought students to Our Lady of Good Counsel for. Um, it was an amazing night. Uh, they were live streaming him. He was at the Garden, Madison Square Garden, and they were live streaming. But Matt Marr was there with his band, and it was it was just a great great night. So we were there with students. We had tickets to it uh, to watch the live stream of it. And uh, I remember, like it was yesterday, this student uh, walked in, and she looks down, she sees the monstrance on the altar. They hadn't started it yet, but but she knew that meant adoration. She goes, oh, good, they have an adoration. And and I didn't grow up with that. Like, I'm a child of the 70s, when mm-hmm. they were still trying to figure out what to do with, you know, some of the reforms. And I just, I wasn't a child of it. 
um, and it's it's taken me a while now to really begin to appreciate it. And I I really learned so much from the students because they'll just dive right in, and and they said it to you, and they said it to me. Um, it's their only time of quiet. Yep. In the whole day, only time without you know a phone and and checking out who's saying what and doing this. Yeah, and 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 I think really adoration is the the primary. I, I this is my own personal belief. Mm-hmm. I think it is the. I think it is one of the most essential ways of entering into uh, the 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 Christmas season, the 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 spirit of Advent, because when the shepherds get to the manger, when the the Magi see our Lord, when Mary and Joseph are in the manger with the Lord, even the animals, what are they doing? They're adoring. Yeah, they're looking, they're watching, they're mm-hmm. looking on. And that's exactly what we do, you know. Nothing has changed in two thousand yeah. years. You realize that? That you it just made me think of something. Take the most beautiful manger you've ever seen, and you're looking and say, "Oh, that's gorgeous. That's beautiful." But that's what Jesus maybe looked like when we got adoration. That's him right there. That's him right there. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to. It really is hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah, and it and it all and, and the benefits. The benefit of of being with the Lord, uh, of of entering into a deeper union with Him, this season, all starts with the confession. Mm-hmm. It all starts with the acknowledgement that I need a Savior, and that I have to let go. Mm-hmm. Now, look. Does that mean that it's it's you're going to go to confession and 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 nothing? It's you're not going to repeat some of these casualties and these sins. No, but. There's the acknowledgement now, and now there's the spiritual desire to want to let them go permanently. Yeah. And the more we go to confession, the more we are allowing it to just be cleared out of our life. I'm glad you brought that up. It's not a one and done. No. It's, it's a process. Yeah, and so don't get discouraged. Yep. If you haven't been to confession in a long time, if it's not your quote-unquote thing, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's it, it's Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it'll be all right. And the and feeling of anxiety you have is okay too. Exactly, you're dealing with something that's real. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, matter of fact, I think when people were approaching our Lord in the flesh two thousand years ago, mm-hmm. uh, they were anxious just as much as we are when we go to confession. Yep. You know. I think we might uh, have reached the end. All right. Um, Wait. Do you hear that? Yeah, that's people snoring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the—try to get into the the people that are in these stories, Mary and Joseph and Mm -hmm. Zachariah and Elizabeth, and and, and really—you know, I think we're we're going to wind up doing like Alexio Divina, I think. We're gonna we're gonna really be trying to yeah. flesh it out for you. See what might have been in their minds as as best we can. Yeah, we're we're gonna try to take on a very huge undertaking, mm-hmm. but I I think that could be uh I think it could be I don't think it'd be fun to do, yeah. and uh, hopefully it'll. I think it, I think it could be lightning. The more we delve yeah. into what is going on in their mind, the more real we make them. I think the better we understand what it's mean what it means to be human. Exactly. Yeah. And then we'll hope by next week there's no baseball lockout. There, 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 I think there's going to be. Um, so the Matt Scherzer thing really won't mean a thing to us. And maybe the Islands will be playing hockey again. That, that, that's my hope. Nobody cares about hockey. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Take care, guys. We'll see you guys, next week. Guys, have a great night. 
If you would like to contact Father Dave or me, please follow us on Facebook at Locusts and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.